Well, it feels good in here. Been feeling good in here for some time, Brother Langston. I appreciate you and your family. Go to Ephesians. I've been in Exodus all day and the Lord three minutes ago. Go to Ephesians. The Lord saved Paul, gave him a love for the church. Won't you underline three things? Chapter 3, verse 1. He says, For this cause, I, Paul. And then chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause, he said, I bow my knees. And then the only other time it's in Ephesians is in chapter 5 and verse, what I thought, 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined into his flesh, and they two should be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Uh, would you look in, let me say something, and I'll show you a few scriptures, stay in Ephesians. Hadn't the Lord been really good to us today? Amen. Paul had a cause, and it was the church. Isn't that something? He went from killing the church to giving birth to the church. Yeah. Helping the church get started. God made him the church preacher. They had a possum of the Gentile. Now Ephesians is a beautiful book. Ephesians is probably one of our most heavenly books. I like what a friend of ours said the other day. He said in Colossians we look at the head. But in Ephesians we look at the body. So if y'all help me a little bit tonight, I want to thank the Lord for the church. I want to talk about the church. I want to look at Paul's heart for the church. For the church. For this cause, three times, he said. Now, he loved the church. Let's look at the church just a minute. And I'm not going to show y'all a thing. Write this down. If I can remember, <clears throat> I left my notes over there on purpose. So we hear from the Lord, not hear from me. Say amen right there. In Ephesians chapter 1, that church is seen as his body. You see it, chapter 1, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And then look at the end of chapter 2. It's, it's a building. The church is a building. Chapter 2, verse 20, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom, don't be scared of this next business, ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. God wants to inhabit the church Amen. through the Spirit. Amen. He's in the Christian, right. your body, right. <clears throat> and He's in the church. It's his body. Can I get a witness right there? <clears throat> and it's fitly framed. Now, I know in all of our Bible colleges, they teach us how to build churches. And the truth is, they have no idea what they're talking about. You can't, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck or poke at anybody, but my generation, you can't build a church. Only he can. He said, I build my church. Matthew 16, Acts 2, the Lord added to the church. Daily, such as should be saved. First Corinthians 12. And hath set every member in the body as he hath pleased him. Y'all got to talk back to him. Can't build the church. They accept the Lord. What is it? Build the church. Build the house. 
They labor in vain that build. That's Psalm 127. This is something we can't do. Now here's what we can do. We can preach the gospel. Here's what we can do. We can, we can assemble together and pray. It's called a house of prayer. It's called a house of prayer. Uh, preaching comes out of that prayer. Praise comes out of that prayer. Blessings come out of that prayer. It's a house of prayer. I tell you what we can do. We can love each other. Now we can't do it in our own strength, but we can do it in His. And, and, and there's a lot of things we can do in His power, but one thing you can't do you can't build a church, you can't start a church, you can't grow a church, you can't change a church. It's His. You nor a hundred more just like it can't. Ten thousand of you can't. Oh my, I grew up in this country and I went to the Bible college churches and they forgot one thing. They got 10,000 of the best church members from 20 states and somehow then they can tell you how to do something. Now I've heard some tell me well they had a good church to begin with. Well they probably won't when they're done having their college. Can I get a witness right there? Yeah. Every college that there is ends up in apostasy because they begin to worship their knowledge. Yep. And knowledge us up. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that they reach a point where, that, where preachers fade away from any college there is. Preachers fade and professors rise. And the minute you get your professors and not your preachers, Knowledge puffeth up. Right. right. Can I get a witness? You're right. Amen. Right. Well, you ain't going to build the church. Look what it says. <laughs> In whom all the building fitly framed together. Yes, amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. In there. I'm sorry, I missed it. The seven how to's. The five keys, the six principles, the three essentials. <laughs> Please, just go be a psychiatrist and write books. I've got a Bible to believe. They know how to's in Yes, sir. He's a doing all this. Right. The Lord will help us the next few nights. I'll get into Exodus on that redemption road. Well, Moses said, What do you got when God called him? What is that in thine hand? He says, A rod, God. One of the old preachers said, God told him, you hold your end by faith. I'll hold this other one by, I'll hold the other end by my power. Yeah, and man. We'll do some things. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Family frame. Right. He belongs right here. Yes, sir. In this town, in this building, in right. that chair. Amen. Yeah. Brother Greg belongs right there. Yes, Amen. Yes, sir. With his sweet tender spirit. Every one of you belong. Silas. Silas, you gotta have a warrior at your side. Yeah. Amen. Everybody ready to run, somebody ready to shout. There's a hundred of them ready to gripe and mumble. You gotta have somebody happy. Yeah. That church is feeling free. You ain't gonna get two more people in this church that God don't send, and you ain't gonna run out two more that God don't make leave. Yeah. Right. You can't bring them in, you can't get rid of them. Right. It's me. It's It's a building. It's a body. Let's see if I can remember what I did myself. Now, can I skip chapter 3 and get over there? Chapter 4 is a bride. Chapter 5. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She's a bride. Amen. Chapter 3 
this brand new just got this. I've been chewing on chapter three for two months and come to me just now. Chapter three, she's a blueprint. This is a master plan that's been worked from way back younger. Yes, amen. No, I can tell you, you don't believe it. Somebody write that down because uh, where'd John Michael go? Write it down, John Michael, because that's the brain. I got that just now. I've been wondering what was in chapter three. See chapter three? He said, uh, verse three, by revelation made known unto me the mystery. And he said, verse five, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. As it is now revealed that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, whereof I was made a minister, look at verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Here come, which from the beginning of the what? Has been hid in God. Verse 10, to the intent. Here is his original intention. That now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known. By the church! The manifold wisdom of God. Well, it's the, it's the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody ought to knock a wall over and shout. Yeah. 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 The, church, the church, and look in the last verse of this chapter. Unto Him be glory. Yes, in the what? Church. Yes. You mean even out yonder in heaven? Unto Him be glory in the church yeah. by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Yeah. Where would that end? Fill an amen in there. I appreciate y'all having me study. The church is a, what do we say? It's his, it's his body. And it's his building. Chapter 3 is his blueprint. By the way, by the way, while I'm right there, while I'm right there, uh, quit repeating things that might not be scriptural. Because. I'm pretty bad about that myself. Because I said it, I heard some other fellow say it, and I said it for a while. The home was here before everything. The home was here. God gave us the home before everything. The home before God, before God, before church, the home before You see where it's a little catchy, and it catches on there. I said it when I started praying. God gave the home before Listen. The church is the first thing he ever Amen. Amen. God didn't look at Adam and Eve and say, Wow, this gives me an idea. I think I'll get a bride for my son. Wow, this whole thing I've created, it is. Wow, I think about it. How about I come up with a bride for my son? This is just giving me all kinds of inspiration. He didn't give us a home and didn't think of the church. He gave us marriage as a picture of what he already Amen. Amen. He had yes, a son that he didn't create. Amen. The second Adam. And he's going to give him a bride. So he put a son on earth, gave him a bride. So letting us know what he had in mind. Amen. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. The home is technically the first institution you see yeah. on earth. Well, the home is, but he was, but he knew he had the church in mind the whole time. It's yeah. blueprint. That's right. Now, in chapter five, she, the church is a bride. Do you see it there? Do you see it? Is it? Did yeah. we read it? In verse thirty-two. Is it verse thirty-two that I'm interested in? This is a great mystery. 
serving Christ in the church. Mm, that bride. That bride. He said this whole thing about man, husband, and wife being one flesh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He said this is a great mystery. And this backs up what I just said in the last four minutes. But this is pointing to Christ right. and his Christ. Yes, Amen. Amen. Be careful out west. Some of them boys get so excited about being Baptist and being in the bride, they get a little too excited about it. Help me now. We get a little carried away with Baptist bride and stuff. Listen a little. Listen a little to me. That's why God gave us the church apostle. To put everything in its proper emphasis. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Wow, that kind of messes up a lot of overemphasizing things. I'm glad I baptized none of you. I'm quoting 1 Corinthians 1. And then he let them know that he didn't believe in water baptism and he didn't baptize some of them. He said, I baptized two of you. Guys and Christmas. We need to do a study on them two fellows. The only two Corinthians that Paul baptized. We'll make up something if we can't find it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. All right, so the church, she's a bride. Mm. And then in chapter 6, she's a battalion. We're all supposed to put on that armor. Yeah. Amen. It's a, we're in a war, people. That's chapter right. 6. Verse 11, verse 12. And the whole armor of God may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The church is a battalion. I was studying this morning and reading this morning. I'll have to go back and, and refresh myself on the details of this. But an old statue over in Europe somewhere and in one of them churches, I'll have to go back and refresh it. The only thing I remember, it was a statue of, a, of one of the great preachers. And whoever made the statue of they put a uh, helmet on him, a warrior's helmet, and a crown of thorns on top of that. <laughs> well, that's about right, ain't it? Yes, sir. That, that we're both. We're both. Amen. And you say, that don't make sense. Jesus was a lamb and a lion. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah, Revelation 5 and 6. And I beheld, and there stood a lamb. Called him a lion, and he saw a lamb. Amen. The church. Okay, so there's those things. Now, let's go look at those three, and then I want to hone in on just one of them. For, for Brother Langston, and for Junction City Baptist Church. Is that the name of your church? Junction City. I always get when it's the town in the church. I, you, I, I got an idea you ought to call J.C. Bad. You ought to put that in there. Oh, <laughs> I saw something in town. I'm sorry, I got all of it. You ain't ever been in this town and you won't know what I'm talking about. But go to McDonald's and get you a milkshake and a coffee and drive around just a little bit, just 200 yards. <laughs> all right. Three times he said, for this cause. I want to mention two of them and then preach one of them for this cause. Look at the first one. Where do we, where do we say it was? Chapter 3, verse 1. I don't want to be here longer than uh, 90 seconds on this. Maybe 120 seconds. I give myself two minutes on this. 
For this cause, and if you're taking notes, write this down. For this cause, for the cause of the church, for this cause, I preach. That's what he says over the next. He said, God's called me. God's, God's called me. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, my. Listen. Oh, Lord. I, I, oh, I'm a prisoner. I'm a prisoner. Amen. Chains of love. I didn't want to be preaching a youth rally Saturday in North Carolina. I wanted to watch my favorite thing. <laughs> mothers, houses, sisters, brothers, or children for my sake. Yeah, yeah. They'll receive a hundredfold in the last yeah. A thousand years. That's my retirement plan. Yeah. To get the four Amen. I'm for the one K. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. There you go. Keep the 401k. You better hope that they get you better hope they let Trump be president for fifty years or you ain't gonna have nothing in there. Yeah. Gonna retire while you got Wall Street halfway up. Amen. I'm living not for the 401k, but the big 1k, the 1,000 years. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Amen. I didn't want to drive all night and sleep in the Atlanta gangster neighborhood. It was a rare one. I wish you could see it. Amen. I didn't want to get stuck between a big male thing and a large female thing and my, my, my secretary said oh you just put me in the middle seat she said they wouldn't let me do it like that Aaron Wilson our missionary to Albania last night they had a Muslim come in their service now Aaron Wilson's over there in Albania got a precious wife got several daughters and a little baby boy he's over there in Eastern Europe nobody goes to Eastern Europe Western Europe, where Paris and France, that'd be the same thing again. And Western Europe's where people go to see the high society of old civilization. And nobody goes to Eastern Europe right. unless you're a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right. Religious, a radical cleric come in with his beard and his funny clothes. Brother Aaron put his kids up last night and they started singing, In Christ Alone. And they started chanting in the back seat. There's none, there's no God but all. There's none greater than all. Get back here and say it. And Aaron got up and started preaching. He got up and left. Amen. Now that'll unnerve you. Hey, I've got no PC about me. When the Muslims start chanting, they're fixing to blow something up. Y'all help me now. Ben Manley's over there, the little red-headed daughters of his. He's in that sir. Daxel Wells is over there, that brand new baby boy. What if you is in a Muslim country in an uneasy hour and a radical Muslim cleric comes in and starts chanting? I mean, my mind goes right, he's fixing them. Right. Yeah. 
those folk would grab their youngins and, and grab a plane ticket and say, God's changed our mind and we're just coming home. And we're just, uh, uh, but not when you're a prisoner. Yeah. Amen. A prisoner. You read down through these verses and he says, God's let me preach. But you look at verse 8. Verse 8 of chapter 3. And all this is one sentence. It's been one big old long sentence. And in verse 8 he says, Unto me, who am last and the least of all saints, is this grace given. I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. For this cause I preach. I'm going to say something right here. That preaching of the cross is the power of God. Yeah. In the last days they'll heap to themselves yeah. teachers. Teachers. That's in professors. Again. Got all your little evangelical radio teachers. And got all your little upper channel charismatic channels. Even the charismatics are teaching. Do you know that I get a little personal here for a second? Do you know the only two fellows that sound like a preacher? Is Rod Parsley and John Hagee, they have that, that tone, that sound. Do you know that both of them were independent Baptist preachers yep. in their beginnings? Yep. Rest of them cats on there got so many flaky devils. Of course, them boys do too now. Yep. But they still, you can see it, their roots in them. Yep. They, sang, it's, they got the preaching sound. They were independent Baptists. Mm. I preached in San Antonio. I preached for a man who went to high school with the Hagees. And I, I, you know how sometimes you learn some things you wish you didn't know. Well, I got news for you. These last day outfit, they won't teach you. You don't know why our frozen, formal, independent Baptist churches just teach lessons and give instructions. They instruct and converse. And some they even talk back and forth while they're while they're conversing with them. And, and, they, and they ain't got no God, no power, no breath, right. no glory. Right. Right. Just teaching preaching. Yeah. And even when they try to preach, they can't do nothing to teach. And there ain't no life in it. That's called when you make fun of real preaching, God won't let you do none of it. You know all these contemporary boys got their jewelry on, they got their hip-hoppity, clip-cloppity, they down with it and hip-hop relevant in this generation. Got their gelled hair and their whitened teeth. And they just have to talk. That's because preaching ain't something you can fake. A big old black boy looked at me and said, oh, you bring it from deep. I knew it. And had God on them too. He said, I told my preacher yesterday, let them have it. <laughs> Amen. He said, I received the tithes and offerings at our church and I count. He said, I come back and sometimes I tell you, you ain't preaching hard enough. They ain't giving right. I said, I'm an old fashioned preacher. That's enough said. I didn't have to go into no details. Because they ain't but one group that's old fashioned. Amen. Amen. And preaching's got power. It's the power of God in the salvation. Yeah. Mm. Well, 120 seconds. Yeah. 
No, but my seconds are longer than other people. <laughs> this cause I preach, and then that, that last one over there in Ephesians 5. <coughs> Look at verse 30. Got to be careful now. I'll start a marriage seminar. This is a good chapter for it. I'm kind of mad at all you women. Y'all got an easy verse. Your verses, let's see, here I go. Running around. Why, your verse is verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves and your own husband and under the Lord. That's so easy to understand. That'd be easy to do if you went to Omri. Let me just get behind and follow. Uh-oh. Look what we have to do. I'm mad at y'all. I'm mad at Jennifer. Her verse is so much more simple. Now, sometimes we're, we're pretty much rascals. It wouldn't be easy to follow us sometimes. But look at our verse. It's a lot more complicated. What verse is ours? It's down in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Oh, if I was writing the Bible, that sentence would have ended right there. Husbands, love your wives. End of sentence. Okay, yes, Lord. I have a simple verse too now. But I didn't stop there because we're the head, we're the responsible. This thing's on us. Even as Christ also loved the church. Oh, it just got complicated. But we never will. But we're never supposed to quit trying. And, and, and that's never ending and ever encompassing. Oh, but look what he said here, right there, verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined to his wife. And so I want to say that Paul says, For this cause I pledge. I pledge. Don't you love them marriage vows? <laughs> There's never been an ugly bride, the glory of God. There's been some that would, you know, make the top ten for most likely to qualify for it, but there's never been an ugly bride. Go to Walmart, real early or real late, and you'll see things that mankind was never supposed to see. Probably <laughs> great said, well. <laughs> And when that bride comes down the aisle, give herself to that groom, and that groom stand there to receive her. There's a pledge and there's a vow. They become one, one in spirit, one in flesh. She becomes him. Genesis 5 2. They called their name Adam. If they'll ever let me on the view, I'll share that with them. <laughs> Shall they ever let me up? I want to talk to Miss Feinstein right now about seven others. Thank on, on my heart. I ain't sure the Lord put them there, but they're on my heart. Oh, but honey, there's a pledge and there's a vow. Right. I just want to stop and say this is referring to Christ in the church. When you walk down the aisle and turn to Him. He gave you his name and gave you his nature and he swore some things to you. Yeah, man! But I want to go to the last one. This one I want to preach. And I'm almost done. But go to the middle of this one on my heart tonight. This won't take long. 
I'm not starting a sermon right now. I'm halfway through it. But this middle one was on my heart, preacher. Especially for this precious flock, the Lord. And the Lord gave all of y'all this. Hey, I'm going to Brother Adam Langston didn't start a church. Amen. Jesus started the church. Amen. That'll take a load off of you. Yeah. You ain't got to grow this church. You can't. You just, you fill the pulpit, he'll fill, fill the pews. Yeah. You fill the pulpit, sometimes he empties the pews. Right. You fill the pulpit, he'll, he'll fill the people. He'll have to empty the people first, and he'll fill the people. You just fill that pulpit, he'll fill these altars. Yeah. You fill that pulpit, he'll fill the baptistry waters. The Lord added to the church that such as should be saved. Is it Acts 16 or 18? I have much people in this city. Jesus died for everybody. Amen. We're not Calvinists. But you better understand something. God in His sovereign mercy, He does what He does. And He sent them down in Acts 18 and said, For I have much people in this city. <laughs> God knows who He's got in this city. Amen. I want to tell you that many one, and I want to preach it to your heart for just a moment. And just when I get done going over it, then I'll be done. Here's the middle one. It's Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knee to the Father <laughs> of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I, I'm glad there is a whole big family. There's a great yeah. big family. Amen. From Adam, the first man created all the Old Testament saints, down to the tribulation saints. I agree with our friend, brother, when the whole family gets there, amen, there's going to be a time in heaven. For this cause, I pray. Now he had two prayers. I'm going to show them to you and I'll be done. He had two prayers in Ephesians. He had two prayers. This is the second prayer. The first one that we look at first is in chapter 1, and it's in verse 16. I'm going to read this prayer and I'm going to read the other prayer. That be all right? Yeah. For this cause I pray. For this cause I pray. Chapter 1 verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory. You don't like the glory. You might better get away from God. Well. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I'll stop right now until I've only got two points tonight. This first prayer is a prayer for revelation. The second prayer we'll see in a moment is a prayer for realization. In this first prayer, Brother Turner, he's praying that God gives them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and opens their spiritual eyes. I don't want to say this to you, but to Aaron's Baptist church is blind as a bat. Right. Amen. You're right. The blind leading the blind. We've got our college degrees. We've got our Sunday school formal education. We know the fundamental doctrine. And that one by knows a thing about God. Right. Yeah. Not him, his son, nor his ways. 
that head knowledge will mess you up so fast. Yes, sir. All right, so you got the gist of it. Now let's read it and see if it'll mean something to you in the light of the fact that this is a prayer for you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You better have some wisdom with your knowledge. Verse 18, here it is. Brother Blankson, oh, what if, if God do this one thing for you and your people this week? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. There's some things you ain't going to know until the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. You're not going to know the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That ain't your inheritance. Your inheritance back in verse 11. Would you look at it please? In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Honey over here in verse 18. It's Jesus' inheritance. Amen. What's his inheritance? His saints. Now until you get the eyes of your understanding enlightened with this revelation. You're never going to understand what is the hope of his calling. The riches of the glory. Now you're going to join a persecuted bunch. Them old frozen formal Baptists are about as bad as Roman Catholic and Protestants. Yeah. You're right. I tell you what, you can have church without God and never get under conviction, but if you have church with glory, yep. that's His presence, right. that's His manifested presence, right. is when it gets good, when it gets thick. Yep. That's when the shepherd is when he gets in that deep. Deep calleth unto deep. That old black boy looked at me. He said, oh, you bring it deep. And immediately our hearts connected. He's had a wisdom, a revelation, a knowledge, and understanding. He knows. That boy knows. He's probably 50 years old. He knows the difference yeah. in dead church and real right. church. Right. The riches, are you on verse 18? Of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Well, honey, when he sees his bride, you talk about a glory. Where did he first manifest forth his glory? The first miracle was the first manifestation. And it was at a marriage. Where he turned the water into wine. It's all about Lord and His breath. Mm. There's a glory. There's a glory. Yeah. At a wedding, there's a glory in the rehearsal. Yeah, man. There's yeah. a glory in the, in the reception afterwards. You go to even lost people's weddings. Right. When they get married in church and they honor the institution of God given marriage, there's a glory of God on it, even if nobody there is saved. That's right. Yeah. This whole thing's heading to the wedding. Yes, right. Second last page of your Bible. Amen. Here comes the bride. Yeah, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 morning on who all's lined up when she walks down the aisle. Yeah. He's going to show us off. That's verse 10. Right. To the intent. But now, under the principalities and powers of heaven, might be known by the church, man, for wisdom of God, unto him be glory in the church 
Oh, his bride, she's going to shine for eternity. I had them guardian angels lined up. I had them ministering angels lined up. I had them archangels lined up. I had the seraph and the cherub. The seraph flaming, spirit, mysterious. Cherub holding up that throne, carrying God in his glory. Mm. I had all the ministering hosts. I could find that, but I had the elect angels in there. At the wedding. Then I brought them Old Testament fathers in there. Then I brought them Old Testament prophets in there. Then I brought them Old Testament saints in there. Ruth the Yes. Come on now. Oh, we were at the wedding yesterday morning. Yes, sir. What are the richest of the globe? They say, Lord, don't be bringing them southern boys out here. They laugh and holler and get everybody all worked up. I'm sorry you've been hanging out with Yankees. The last revival they had was the Great Awakening. Your revival is like 300 years gone. That would be a problem. That would be a problem. That would be a problem. Ain't no glory in the college. Why are you having that? Because of the lengths of the sin and the hour we live in. Our ch- oh, listen, I'm, I'm going to say something on purpose. Our churches are so empty and the apostate hour we live in are so dead that most people get everything they ever got from the college they went to, not the church. Right. right. You're right. That's right. You think that's right, Steve? Our churches are so dead! Best experiences they ever had was with their college where other people were surrendered and served the Lord. And they plugged in on the college. And when well, the two people in charge of the college, they think they knew if they was good. When God built that. They start telling you how church is supposed to work, how life is supposed to work, how ministry is supposed to work. one thing wrong with it. They have no idea how they get what they got. Right. That's right. They can tell you how they think they got it, but I can tell you how they got it. God. Amen. And tell them, all right, drop it off. Move 10 states away and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. Because everything they're telling you what works there, it ain't. That stuff works there only because God's working there. I'm, I'm on the riches of the glory of the inheritance that Jesus got in his sons. You love your children, go see. God ain't never give you nothing more wonderful and precious than other than your bride, your baby. There's your in-laws. You love them grandbabies. I mean, even little Avery has joined the crew now. Now we got some sugar and spice things that are nice. We had fleas and frogs and all that other stuff. <laughs> Y'all love them grandkids? No more precious probably right now in this world. That's my children. Children. And you think the Lord sings tonight over here over here at JC Bath? I'm sorry. Over here. I like it. Oh, here it's Johnson City back. What's he sitting here right here tonight? Chill. 
ain't interested in the economy. He ain't interested in the communists. He ain't interested in money. God ain't interested in who's playing Saturday. They sure ain't interested in who's playing Sunday. I'm, I'm a little interested in who's playing Saturday, but not Sunday. God ain't interested in the one. Right. Yeah. The one thing that see a bunch of his babies. Yeah. The riches of the Lord. That's his inheritance. John 17. Did you promise? If I'd give you them tonight, then you'd bring them to me. They keep reading. This is a prayer for revelation. And if God don't open some eyes, they'll never see what any of this is about. And that's why we tend to make church about 101 things that it ain't about. Let's keep reading. I'm in verse 19. See if he'll give you that, if he'll open your eyes, you can see what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who would believe according to whether he's mighty power which he robbed in Christ when he raised him from the dead, sitting on his right hand in heaven, play far above all power, 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 might, and everything. And then there's three whats in this prayer. If God will open your eyes, you'll see verse 18, what's the hope of his calling. You'll see what's the riches of the glory. And then you'll see verse 19, what's the greatness of his power to us. And he just ends it on that. He just talks about that power for a while. There it is. Three watts. There's three watts. I'm going to say something. You do what the Lord tells you. But I, I may tell you later. But God may be fixed to give y'all another verse. That one may have been fulfilled. I'm not. I just. Yeah, I just felt it. I, over there tonight, sitting there. I felt like God may take y'all from Galatians. To fish. Hey. Hey. You do whatever I do. To, uh, I don't boss nobody. <laughs> Let's go ahead to the prayer. There's three watts. It's a prayer for revelation. Why y'all turn that other prayer? I'm going to tell you something, friend. Jesus said to Simon Peter, uh, He said, Men didn't reveal this to you. Flesh didn't reveal this to you. My Father in heaven revealed this to you. Amen. If you read Galatians chapter 1, Paul said, I went up by revelation. And he spoke to me by revelation. And moved over there by revelation. I'm going to tell y'all something. Until you see some things, you ain't going to see the other things. Right, right. Yes, sir. We got a whole generation of independent fundamental bad that's been trained in the Bible college and, and they're blind as a bat. Right. That's why 75% of them walk right off in there and quit. That's right. That's why the majority of missionaries coming out gung-ho 22 by age 27. They're off the mission field by age 29. They're out of church by age 30. They're divorced. If you don't see what this thing is about, you ain't going to stay in this thing much longer. And if God don't open the eyes of your understanding, get in light, and there's three quarts, you better know what the hope of that calling is. <laughs> you better know what the riches of the glory of His inheritance is. You better know how rich that glory is. It's rich. It's one of the greatest treasures. 
some you and brother hates. Well, y'all may not be running 5,000, but y'all brought the glory out of the rest. Yeah. Ain't no great treasure. They come out here looking for gold. They didn't come out here looking for God. Right. But now God came out here looking for them. Yeah. And glory. Yeah. And what that power is. Yeah. Y'all get a spiritual preacher around here instead of me. You can talk about the hope of his calling. The riches of his glory. And the greatness of his power. Those three things need to be dealt with. You see, until God opens your eyes, you're going to run around and measure this, look at that, have we done this, why don't we do that, what, what are we doing here? It's a prayer for revelation. Let's go to that second one. It's a prayer for realization. A prayer that there's things that will come to pass. Now there's three what's in this first prayer. Now this other prayer in Ephesians, there's four that's. So let's begin. I'm just going to read verse 14. Y'all doing all right? Yeah. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. My, my, my. That, that little verse is loaded. There's a cause to give you life to. And then what's wrong with people that won't bow? Right. Come on. Right. Come on. This cause I bow. You give me a man that'll, that'll make that a long O instead of a short O. A man who'll bow up instead of bow down. You give me a man who'll bow up instead of bow down. He ain't born again. That's right. Come on. You mark her down. We probably got some English teachers in here. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know that I say that right, ladies. Bow. Oh, ain't it something? It's the same word, but a different tone, yeah. and it's a whole different meaning. Yeah. One of the most awful things I ever seen one time in church of seven hundred people. I hate to talk about this even with little children in here. Most of them sleep with us. That's that's what I did when I was a church kid. If our church kids are happy, we get lots of rest. And there's always a candy man in the church. There's always somebody giving the kids candy. <laughs> Can I tell y'all something awful? Fix to tell on myself. This is awful. There's this one church I go to. And uh, pitiful. They give me the, some of the smallest offerings. I'm not in this for money. Uh, but it takes money. And, and it's some of the smallest. They've got no faith and no giving. And they got seven old men. They all hand out candy. And they're always giving me, and I'm always thinking, oh, finally, somebody's going to give me I got something for you. Oh, finally, they're going to take care of my dad, but, but it'll be a peppermint. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I get pumped back, saying, by the third night. <laughs> I'm going to go along with somebody, two tootsie rolls and a lollipop. <laughs> Thank it. That's carnal. Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. I've confessed that for a while, y'all. Yeah, they'll come up there. Stinking rascals got money, they don't give. But I mean, they don't give me hardly nothing that way. I'll go there because the Lord wants me to. Yeah, yeah they sight me out every night. Here, brother. <laughs> It'll be a miniature Snickers. Thank you. Because <laughs> they say, well, brother, you're getting paid what you're worth. I said, okay, baby. One of the awfulest things I ever seen 
Friday when we get here. Church of 700 had a split. 28 years, they never had a fuss. 28 years. At uh, six deacons. That man looked at me with tears in their eyes and said that we ain't never had a crossword with our pastor. And never, never came against him. Preacher looked at me, tears in his eyes, somewhere by himself at one day, and he told me, he said, my men ain't never 28 years, no problem. Mm. He got, uh, oh, come on, 68-year-old man. Got a woman in the church as a secretary. She was too young and too pretty. Left her husband. He fell in love with her. Spent his life. Spent his life building that church. Thank God awful. What awful. It was one of the greatest stories he ever told until it became one of the most awful stories he ever heard. Nearly 70. Married to his wife 50 years. Had to get a divorce. Never got the divorce. But the morning she was supposed to go to the courthouse, there go the courthouse. She opened her little front door and she stepped out of her door and she laid down and died. Not we set her heart quickly. It broke her heart. She died. They wanted me to be the next pastor. I was sitting in there. And a church fight broke out. I'm talking about the difference in bowing, bowing down, and bowing up. Really sad they hadn't had a fuss in 28 years. Not a little fuss behind closed doors. That thing erupted. And as heavenly as it had been, now that's how much hell went through that. Look, Brian. I sat over here on the side. Half the church was bowed over a week. <laughs> Doing this. Brother Caleb, some of them were rocking. Then they had to stand up right. They had a large balcony. There were men screaming, leaning over that balcony. They were on the platform, ready to fight. It was the awfulest thing you ever seen. But as I sat there and observed, Poor old man next, he was on staff crying. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the you ever did. I said, it's all right. I live in this world. Church world, I said, it's all right. I watched him and I saw a wheat and the tears. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They say that wheat and tears in the Mediterranean in those crops, they look exactly the same while they're growing. Yes, sir. Exactly. Same. Only one thing different. You can't tell the difference till the end of the season when the harvest is coming. And then the wheat is fat, the heads are full, rich. Yes, rain, sir. And they're so heavy. They yes, sir. Watch this, the old timers taught me. And when the and when the breeze blows, well, when the wind blows, they bow. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. Little wind comes around that field, they bow down. Yes, amen. But tears, well, they look the same. They're empty. And they stand straight up and they're stiff. Resist the wind. Yeah. What's the difference in a, you look exactly the same, have the same word in your life, but it'll be a bow on one man and a bow on another. Alright, there's three what's in that first verse, four that's a prayer for realization that some things will come to pass. Let me try to read it now. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he, here's the first that, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Here's the second one. That Christ may dwell in your heart. By the way, you're going to notice the Trinity. First prayer is for the Spirit. That Christ may, I'm in verse 17, may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's not getting saved. That's being saved. Amen. That ye being, there's the other that. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. It comes here other than that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, there's the Spirit in verse 16. There's Christ in verse 17. There's God in verse 19. And all three of these are inward works. Do not have a problem with good Christian brothers having outward works. Something's missing, something's wrong if you don't have outward works. But if you got outward works and it's not coming from an inward work, then you got nothing more than a Roman Catholic or a Methodist hat. Your work ain't coming from your worship. You'll be full of yourself, full of pride, full of fear, full of doubt, full of weakness, full of arrogance. You'll be filled with everything you shouldn't be. Yeah. By the way, Brother Henderson's chapter 4, where he tells us how to walk in daily practical life. Only after the deep riches of the inward life of chapter 3. They'll make fun of you, Brother Langston, for getting in the glory. And they'll make fun of you for going into that deeper life. I remember hearing them mock it when I was growing up. Deeper life. The deeper life. Get out there and knock on some doors and forget the deeper life. Somebody's going to be needing to knock on your door here in a little while if you don't get something on the inside. They're going to be sending a, a team to your door. Yeah. <coughs> you see, you see the four of that. Ain't they beautiful? Ain't this something that we needs to be realized, brought forth in our lives that we enter into? That He would give you that strengthened with might by His Spirit, folks. There's might. Christ may dwell in your hearts. In the word dwell, 
That's the same word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The tabernacle to set up a tent and enjoy each other. The tabernacle himself with him. It's the same word, that dwell. I don't believe in camp meeting. Well, it's so close to the Bible. It comes right in the Bible. You better like God. God will pitch a tent and fellowship with you. Amen. He will literally camp out with you. Amen. He likes to set up camp in the midst of his people. Have you not seen the tabernacle in the wilderness? Amen. You believe in camp meeting? The only kind of meeting I believe in. Right, set up camp and invite you in there with him. The first camp meeting as we know it in, in our days was in the year 1800. Cane Ridge, Kentucky. As many Methodists, it started out with more Methodists than that. The old timey shouting Methodists. John and Charles Wesley wrote half the good hymns in our old hymns. Their bad doctrine finally gave way to women preachers and homosexual deacons and the ecumenical movement. Camp meeting. Folk got together for a fall meeting after the crops had been harvested. And God got to manifesting his glory, and then it turned into a thousand, turned into five thousand. It went for six, seven weeks, and people loaded up their fact there was thirty thousand. There for two months. And they called it a camp meeting because they said we're going to do this again next year, right here. And they camped out. They fired. Brother Stephen, there'd be five services going at one time. Just all together. Over here on this hill, there'd be a man they wanted to hear preach preaching to five thousand. Over on this hill, be a man preaching to three thousand. Down here'd be four thousand got in the valley and they'd pray. 30,000 for eight weeks. That's the word dwell, to set up a tent and come and fellowship together. My Kendall, she's nine. And she likes to make a tent. She likes to make a tent. So remember when you was a kid? You had an old sheet and a quilt and a chair. We usually broke two lamps and a vase and not to dress over on one of our siblings, but it was usually a sibling that deserved it. You know? <laughs> usually when dressers fall on a kid, it's the kid that deserves it. The larger the family, the more you enjoy it. If y'all were an only kid, oh, precious is hurt. Large family, <laughs> look, his leg, look how he broke. <laughs> Come on now. And if you was the only son and had a sister and she was the only daughter, we don't like it all either. That's the same as being an only child. Yeah. <sighs> in large families love each other. No, they don't. They claw each other's eyes out. There's too many of us in there. Nobody's giving me my space or my biscuit. <laughs> only kid. We won't beat y'all up after recess. Kendall likes to make a tent. She done figured it out. We did. We broken one mirror because it went hit the bed post. the bed. So yeah, it's your tradition. But now she figured out she'll have her tent in there. 
between her bed and her dressing room. Oh, she's got a little beanie, beanie boo she has. All right, I have kids of my old age, a little soft. She collects beanie boots. She don't have 10. She don't have to have big, cute eyes. And then she looks at me with big, cute eyes. And then we have another one. Yeah. And then we can't afford that. And then, you know, walking out with three of them. You should have kids in your early 20s when you're mad that they're there. <laughs> what are you doing out here? Put that kid, feed it, put it in bed. We're going to go out and have a good time. You have them in your forties. Oh, look, a precious baby. God meant for everybody to have babies in their twenties, so you'd spank them when you're mad. I spanked mine out of duty. You gonna be good? Give Daddy a hug. Let's go get ice cream. You learned your lesson. You want a baby boo? You shouldn't have kids in your forties. You're tired. They need a whipping, but you actually thought it was cute. That was cute. I used to do that. <laughs> in your 20s, you spank them, they don't even need it. You can pack it in a pair, I Three weeks for you. I don't give it to her. You talking back? That's another thing. <laughs> so she's made this tent. It's been going on about two months, and Jennifer. Thank God one of us is a strong disciplinary. Jennifer, she's a drill sergeant, buddy. And uh, she only lets her set it up on the weekend. On the weekdays, yeah, too much we're doing. But on Friday night, Saturday, she can set it up. So Brother Kelly, she likes getting that list in. Daddy, daddy, come on, get in here with me. Get in. Of course, the tent's made for a nine-year-old. You know, I'm a 300-pound-year-old clumsy. Get in here with me. She was, that's her special little abode. Yes, sir. Beanie Boo's boat. She's 205 of That's true. And there. That's true. But she's collecting them. She needs. She needs. There's always one more. I think they're cute. This is dangerous. I make myself nervous. Get in here with me, Dad. That's all she wants. Yeah. Crawling in there, her daddy's in there with her. Yeah. And she's living in a heavenly place. Yes. Her tent's her special place. Little beanie boos and little iPad. She likes to watch you. Jennifer lets you watch YouTube on Saturday how to make slime. She makes slime now. You got. 19 different kinds of slime, different colors all over there. Yeah, feel this, it feels good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, just check out me. If I was 22, I'd whoop you, but that's kind of cute. Yeah, well, I like your slime. Daddy, get in here with me. And then she's just so excited. You know what the Lord done? He come down and he made a tabernacle. You want to get down in here with us? Yeah, Yes. You know what every church service is? It's us getting under the tent. I don't know if sometimes he's in here saying, you know, and sometimes we're in here saying, Lord, It's what church is. Amen. Thank God you're going to have riches and glory and joy and sweetness dripping off of it. Even our good works ought to be 
when I crawl out of that tent, she wants to come help me whatever I'm doing. Did y'all hear me? Amen. Come here, honey. We need to do a couple of things in the house and out in the yard. Okay, Debbie. We're going to go back in the tent and dinner. Even your good works ought to be dripping with joy yeah. and love. Yes, you and your father have been in the tent together. Oh, yeah. And you're going to go help him do a couple of things That's in right. his house. Yeah. And a couple of things out in his field. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is a prayer for realization. Some things we're going to have to have. Some things we're going to see. Let's bow our heads. Somebody come to the piano for us, Brother Langston, whoever you want to come. Everybody stand. Who will come down and let's pray together before we leave tonight? For this cause, I pray. For this cause, I pray.